things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light Welcome back everyone to the Being Inspired radio show Today, you get to hear the sexy, sultry version of me as I am coming off of a cold, first cold of the season. I was thinking of that earlier today, and I, I was thinking, oh, I want to think I'm healthy, and I don't want to feel sick, and it dawned on me that I am healthy. The fact that my body is doing its job and is taking care of me and is moving this virus or this cold through my body as it is meant to and intended to means I'm healthy. So that was a really cool reframe I had today on being quote unquote sick. So if any of you are being um, also pulled down or your energy is low because of the seasonal cold or flu that you might be having, see if you can also acknowledge how your body is truly healthy and supporting you through this. So that's one thing I offer to you today. Before we jump into a very exciting conversation, I just know it is going to be inspirational, insightful, full of wisdom with a very dear soul sister of mine who I have now known for almost two years. And I have maybe more, we can do the math. I'm terrible at doing math on the spot. But we were um, both part of a life coaching training program, mentor masterclass. And I got to know this woman in a very intimate sister circle that we would have weekly. And to this day, we meet every Friday with a few other women and virtually, because she lives in a totally different part of the world than I do. And she has always just amazed me that very truly, very clearly, because she is wise beyond her years. And she has a love and an energy and an honesty about her that is for me, not typical, especially um, for someone of her age. And I don't put point that out because I think her age is important. I just know that that was an, it had an impact on me. Her soul, her energy is so pure and amazing. And so I'm so excited to introduce all of you to Hannah Beer. And she is a soulful for brilliant heart-centered women who are ready to build soul-aligned businesses that have a world-changing impact. She helps passionate souls overcome their insecurities and stagnation once and for all so that they can rock the divine mission they are here to lead and live a beautiful and rich life they dream of. She is a certified mentor masterclass life coach, an emotional healing expert, and a priestess of the divine feminine. Hannah, I'm so excited to have you here today. Hello. I'm excited to be here too. Wow. That was... Woo! I'm, it's incredible what you said, Amanda. I I meant every word, and I am excited to introduce you to the listeners and the listeners to you. They, I know, are going to hear exactly what they need to hear today through our conversation, and 
I can't wait to, to see where that goes. And for those who have listened to this show before, I find that these conversations, when I have an interview, are so divine and there's never a mistake. And I tend to select some theme or topic that resonates with the guest. And Hannah being a soulful success coach, I really felt called to explore what that means, specifically looking at success. Um, and, and so I selected a passage from one of my reference books. I have about three or four that I go to very religiously. And The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle was a pivotal book for me. And it was the, the book I read when I was truly ready to transform my life. And so I referenced his texts quite a bit. And long quote that I'd like to think in some ways touches upon this theme, this idea of success. And, and Hannah and listeners tuning in, I invite you to listen to this, close your eyes if you can, and listen for what you are to hear, what you are being spoken to through these words. And, and then Hannah, we'll, we'll get started and we'll see what what comes up and what we need to explore next. So the quote here by Eckhart Tolle goes, everything is honored, but nothing matters. Forms are born and die, yet you are aware of the eternal underneath the forms. You know that nothing real can be threatened. When this is your state of being, how can you not succeed? You have succeeded already. So Hannah, as you hear those words, what comes up for you? Yeah. Ah, that's, yeah. So it's really interesting because Eckhart's definition of success is really closely linked to mine. Mm. Um, for me, Success is a very natural process. It's something that that just exists. It's success is is a journey that has to happen. So, for example, when we think about a seed in the earth, the seed already has a blueprint for a fully functioning, healthy, vibrant tree for something so big and so complex, and. So for me, success is to really be surrendered to that deeper life force and to be surrendered to your deeper dharma and to your deeper mission and to, you know, the divine guidance that is speaking to you in every moment. And for me, I feel most successful when I'm so surrendered to my inner divine self that it almost feels like I don't exist anymore. It's like, everything's taken care of, everything's fine, everything's perfect. And then there's this divine motivation coming up that I'm sure trees and plants and animals all feel as well. It's as if we are being grown, we are mm. being moved, we are being lived, and there's no struggle ever. And the momentum that comes from this deep surrender is just incredible. 
because I always had this desire to be successful. I always knew I wanted to create something meaningful and big with my life. I was just always very motivated. But for the most part of my life, I always was focused on things. Like I was setting goals with my mind. I was thinking about what I wanted. I was visualizing and, you know, using all these amazing techniques to kind of create a vision for what I thought I wanted. And then I would try to make it happen. And then I would think if I have that thing or if I reach that milestone, then I'm going to be successful. But a tree isn't successful as a tree at a, at a certain height. A tree is successful just in any stage. You know, in any moment that the tree is in tune with it, with the laws of nature. And the same applies for humans as well. So when I'm fully surrendered to the divine guidance that is speaking to me, like this is success. And and really what comes from it is also tangible, real life, external success. That's always a side effect of it. And just like Eckhart Tolle says, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean when it doesn't mean anything when I can set my mind to something and then create it. It just kind of doesn't matter anyway, because it's just an effect in the external world. And it's going to go away. It might stay for a while, but it's only temporary anyway. And it's all just a big game that we're playing. And this game can bring us so much joy and so much temporary fulfillment, or it can totally bring us off center. And this is when, so oftentimes I even talk to people who have the sense of external success, but they don't really, they don't label it as success. So maybe somebody makes like, um, two million in revenue a year, but they hang out with people who make a hundred million a year, and they couldn't be f- further from you know they just don't feel like a success at all. And from our standpoint, maybe we would see it as something very successful. But all of that just is, yeah, it's just really hard when we base our definition of success on the external effects that are really just meant to be a side effect to the real success that comes from being surrendered. Wow, so much good stuff. And I, I love that. And to your point, you know, Eckhart mentions and he points to the, we can we can strive for the external things, you know, the we can improve our life situation uh, if we so desire. And knowing that, again, they all um, abide by the laws of impermanence. And so eventually, they will come and go because it's in the world of form. And it is to your point, the, the surrendering to that deeper divine essence, the success within. And I love your metaphor of the seed and just so, so powerful for all of us to either hear for the first time that that seed already contains within it, everything it will become and already is. And I think that's such a powerful reminder for us. We are that seed and everything we do. And, and as you were talking, I remember thinking, yeah, well, how are, and you answered my question, but I'll just raise it again in case anyone else felt this. As you were speaking, the question for me came up, well, if I've already surrendered to the fact that I am currently successful, I have already succeeded, what will motivate me, right? What will in, get me moving? And, and what I loved is that you said it, it is, we are being lived 
through. We are being sprouted out, right? We the, the tree does not say, well, I wonder if I need to do something today to to grow a leaf, you know, or to get taller. It it happens. It is the divine orchestration of that tree um, and what would have to happen to it. So I, I feel that to me was the answer to my question is, oh, mm-hmm. right. I'm being lived through. I, I, and you even mentioned there's a divine motivation almost at that point. Um, the th- question for me right now uh, also, and I'm so glad you used this, this metaphor also of there, it's just a big game to play. This has really been present for me. And so again, there's no mistakes to this and why we are speaking today. I'd say for the last couple of days, I've actually been feeling pretty pretty bummed out. I mean, it could be seasonal, it could be I'm sick, it could be a variety of things, it really doesn't matter. But I've noticed that I've had some thoughts around this idea of playing the game. And do I really want to play the game? And what does playing the game even mean? Um, and so I just want to look at that a little bit with you because I, I, have a, I have a feeling you have some wisdom that I need to hear today as well as everyone else. So I either, you know, you can take this as wherever you want, but you know, either what does that mean to you to play the game or how do you engage with that? Or what has your journey been to engage with playing the game, quote unquote? How do you wrestle with that? I love this question. So the first thing to understand is that there are metaphysical and natural laws that are in place. There's a sense of order. There's a sense of harmony. Um, The universe is self-correcting. The universe heals all the time. Every cell of our bodies is forever healing itself, repairing itself, dying. Then there's a new one coming. That's just how nature and the world works. So we can either surrender to these processes, acknowledge them, and live in tune with them, or we can try and ignore them and create friction in our lives by thinking that we're the ones who should, you know, heal ourselves, or we're the ones who should make things happen, when that's just, that's just an illusion. Because the reality is that those laws and those, um, yeah, it's like this organizing principle. Because this organizing principle is forever returning everything to a state of total perfection. And the only thing we can ever do is get out of the way and to see Mm. it for what it truly is and then to receive instructions from it. So we can always ask, how can I get out of your way? What can I do to help you in outpicturing or in revealing total perfection in this area of my life? So this is something that we can always do. And it takes that deep humility. And so as soon as we acknowledge that everything has this harmonizing, organizing principle, and that everything is being returned to its natural state anyway, then we can assume this position of loving detachment. Then we can see, okay, well, here something is being organized. Like here, okay, I see I just had a wound. The wound is closing now. And just like you said about your body, your body had symptoms of a cold and your body was already on it. So there was Mm -hmm. nothing for you to do except acknowledge that that is the way your body works. And then in loving detachment, let it do its work and to not interfere. Mm -hmm. And so... When we first assume 
this state of mind and when we acknowledge this truth, then we are in that state of serenity. We're in that state of, you know, just total inner peace because there's nothing to do. There's no one to be. There's nothing to fear, nowhere to go. You know, everything just basically is. And then there's this divine impulse in that state of, it's almost like a vacuum in that state of nothingness. So you're basically just sitting around, you're thinking, well, okay, everything's taken care of. But obviously, like, that's not the point to life to just sit around like a vegetable and to not, you know, like, that's not totally fulfilling. But what fulfills us then is to receive those divine sparks. So maybe a word pops into your head three times, or, you know, you get a vision, or, you know, you feel called to ask a question. For example, how am I meant to lead in this lifetime? What would you have me do now? How can I contribute? What do I need to know? And then based on this divine spark, you can start playing. It's almost like building a sandcastle. Then you get a vision. It's like you get you know, an arts and crafts instruction, you know, it doesn't matter if you end up building that kite, it doesn't matter if you end up making an amazing looking wreath. What matters is just that you receive the instructions. And you could sit here, and you could just, you know, think about nothing. Or you could take that spark and just dance with it. And this is when life really becomes a game. Um, These days, it's really funny. I feel like I alternate between um, phases in my life where I just sit in that empty space. So I just sit and there's like nothing to do. I'm like, I'm just sitting there. There's not even a thought in my mind. And then the spark comes and I run with it. I'm like, cool, next game to play. I play that game and then it's over. But it always comes from that sense of loving detachment of nothing has to happen. But why not do stuff that's fun? Because I do have time to kill in this lifetime, and it could be it could be a blast. Oh wow! And so good. And as you were saying that, and thank you, because what I noticed, and especially given my um, just how I've been choosing to experience life the last few days, again, kind of from this a little bit more darker um, state of being, when I was myself thinking about playing the game and I even journaled about it briefly the other day you know what does that mean and what does it look like and does that mean I have to quote-unquote hustle and what does that even mean and I I was kind of going down the rabbit hole of my of my mind and as you were just talking now I what I heard you say and the way you described the game and the spark and then you know going after that and and creating the reef or not or you know pulling out all your markers and crayons and and all of your sheets of paper and going to town and, you know, and it doesn't really matter what it ultimately looks like, but you're doing it. You're having fun with it. As I heard you sharing that, I had this new thought, which is, oh, playing the game doesn't have to look a certain way. And I, I guess, which I suppose is, well, duh. (laughs) And yet I had, I, I can see that I was thinking it did in my mind based on some of the thoughts and beliefs and feelings I've had over the past few days, I've had this assumption that to play the game means I do it like how everyone else around me is doing it. Or I play the game in the way that I guess I thought I was raised to believe I had to play the game, right? So maybe that looks a certain way in our society. Um, Maybe that looks like working, you know, I hear people bragging about working 80 hours a week or, um, you know, 
working more and more and more on their Saturdays. And, you know, it's like the Saturday grind and the words being chosen for whatever reason, they work for other people. Um, and they don't work for me. I notice, you know, I have a real aversion to those words. And so sometimes I go into total rebellion and like shutdown mode. And I was like, well, I don't, if that's the game I'm being asked to play, I don't want to play it. You you know? And so how, have you ever encountered that? Have you, have you had in your experience redefined what the game means or what's been your journey? Um, to to come to peace with playing the game in a way that really is fun and playful and and lights you up and yeah mm. what do you think about that that's a good question mm. so i think about this as like there're like two things that we can do we can either live life from the inside out or from the outside in and what mm. most of us do is we live it from the outside in. We think about, you know, what are the job opportunities that are available to me? What do I see available? What do I want? You know, we think about what we could do. And then, you know, if you're running a business, maybe you're thinking about different marketing strategies to try. And then you look at them and you maybe one stands out at you and you think, oh, my intuition is telling me to try this. Da, 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 da. But it's all in our minds. It's like we're taking the effects of the world and we make them mean something. But that's the sandcastle we built when we were, you know, not conscious, when we were maybe high on coke or something else that just happened in our lives. Like, you know, like it wasn't created in this space of empty presence. And then our creations, you know, we take those creations and we try and, you know, see a meaning in them. And then we use that as guidance. It's just a very distorted way of living. And it's really interesting because my I've been practicing like spirituality for a very long time and meditating and yoga and like life coaching and all that kind of stuff. And more and more I was surrendering my you know, like one area of my life to God. And then I started surrendering another to God and then another. So at one point I was able to let go of my health and I was able to just let my body do whatever it needs to do. The result of this is like incredible superhuman health. I'm really mm. the healthiest person. I eat incredible stuff like lasagna every day. I'm so healthy. I'm not kidding you. So I was able to release my health and now my health is in a state of perfection you know, mm. perfection is always fluctuating, but it is perfect. Um, and so I was surrendering one um, area of my life and then the next and then the next and then the next. But what was really what I really, really, really resisted doing for a very long time was to surrender my overall life direction and to surrender every single little decision that I made in my business, about my relationships, about where I would move. And I I was in one area, in some areas of my life, I was tuned in and in many, I was so tuned out. And at one point of, you know, launching my business, you know, trying to get clients and trying to, you know, pursue new business ventures and do stuff and all that 
oh, it's just even just talking about it makes me feel so <laughs> frantic and scattered and just I, I'm noticing how I lose my my center even just thinking about it because I'm remembering mm. what it used to be like. And it's so stressful. And then at one point, I basically just sat down and I thought, isn't it interesting how I trust my God, how I trust God with some of the things in my life? But the things where I really don't have any power at all, like my mm. life's work, it's not my choice to, it's not my um, my job to choose that. So the areas of my life were that were really not up to me were the ones that I never had the guts to surrender. And at one point I got really pissed because I noticed how out of integrity I was. I noticed how I was teaching my clients to surrender and to ask their intuition and all that kind of stuff. I just felt silly saying it at one point because I thought to myself, I'm going to lead the session now and my client is going to have a huge breakthrough. And then I'm going to go back into my office and think about my life's work. That feels like a very big lie and it feels very inauthentic. And so I resolve to not set any goals for myself anymore. And that was a big thing for me because I love dreaming and I love making up stuff and being creative. And I realized that all that was just making me feel so scattered and not actually getting me anywhere. Didn't really have much to show for. And so I really just sat down I opened my palms and I was like, yeah, so I haven't really been surrendering at all, but I choose to do it now. It scares the living daylights out of me, but I'm just surrendering this to you now. I don't care about the goals I set for myself. I don't care about my business, my clients, my relationships, my health, my money, my living situation. Don't care. Mm. Now you are the organizing power in my life. I'm not interfering anymore. You tell me where to go. You tell me what to create. You show me the vision of how my gifts can be used in the biggest way in this lifetime. And that was really the big, the big pivotal point for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't, well, okay, that would be a lie. I just wanted to say, I was about to say that I haven't set goals ever since, but it's not such a fairy tale. Um, mm -hmm. I do have the urge to do that sometimes. I really would love to Google for answers. And I catch myself more and more and more. And I instead, I channel my next steps. And I ask God for my business direction and for where I'm supposed to move. And it's just so much more real and perfect because it's not in my mind. Mm. And it's... It's just different. And ever since I've been doing that, my business kind of just exploded. It's mm. so incredible, all the growth that I've seen in the past couple of months. And all that came from not setting goals for myself anymore. Well, can you paint? This is gorgeous. And can you paint the picture or even give us an insider's look at what is it then feel like and look like? So. Now that you have not set the goal and you have surrendered it completely, which is so powerful. And I am myself going through my list of like, oh, right, that's still where I'm, you know, not surrendering. That's still where I'm not surrendering. And funnily enough, it's probably the area right now in my life where I have the most conflict and the most um, mm. stickiness. And, um, and so I just thank you for that reminder. And 
as we, the rest of us are going, okay, well, so what would that then look like? How will I know the next step, quote unquote, right? What is that? How does that come to you? What does that look like? Yeah, that's their mind asking the question. Well, then mm -hmm. what's next? Well, then what's mm -hmm. next? But mm -hmm. who's running? Like, who's in a rush? Who's that dude in the background <laughs> yelling, we have to keep going, you know? Well, who are you even? Come out of the shadows and show yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so the truth is, and that's something that I mentioned earlier as well, inspiration and this spark and this true motivation only comes from empty presence. Yeah. And if someone who's listening right now is feeling like they feel totally lost, everything's uncertain, everything's up in the air, everything's possible and nothing really fits, perfect. Yeah. This is this is what's needed. It's like you need soil to grow the tree. If there is no soil, there can't be any tree. And so before the seed is planted, the soil looks pretty bare and you know, admittedly pretty boring because there's nothing growing yet. But if we yell at the soil and we say, you're so boring, you're so nothing, like this stresses me out. I mean, there's, it doesn't really help grow a tree there. And mm -hmm. so we prepare the soil. We sit in emptiness. We surrender it. We let it go. So first we, you know, do the cleansing process. A friend of mine calls it to clean out the room. So you take all the furniture, all the old stuff, everything that's so dusty and just really not your style anymore anyway. And so just you take like the old couch and you take the chair. It's a little bit wobbly anyway. You take everything out. You throw it out of the house and then you paint the walls white. And only when the walls are white and you have a clear picture of what the room actually looks like, then you can start receiving those divine sparks that might tell you what to do with the room next. And in mm. the same way, we prepare the soil for an excretion. We let the soil be bare. Maybe we feed it with a little bit of nutrition. And the way that we add nutrition to our soil, that, you know, now we're speaking in, in a metaphorical way, but when you really go back to the human experience of feeling uncertain, of not knowing what to do, of feeling like the next step isn't clear yet, we can just mm -hmm. deliberately sit in that empty presence, expand it, enjoy it, and give ourselves infinite space to be here. This mm -hmm. is how we add some nutrition to the soil. And then when the spark comes, we can catch it and we can run with it. Yeah, I love that. And I, this idea of sitting in empty presence or sitting in uncertainty, because there, I believe there does, at least in my experience, there comes a time when that empty presence feels really serene and really peaceful. But I don't think it started that way. And I don't think it always starts that way to your point, right? When we first look at the soil, we're like, I don't know, what are we supposed to do with this? It's grow up. You know, we get into <laughs> this questioning panic mode. Um, what am I supposed to put here next or whatever? And there is that frazzled, uncertain energy. And I've had a lot of conversations lately with friends and other, you know, people where it's this idea of uncertainty is maddening. And I watch even myself. Um, and I watch others attempt to think our way around it and to human our way around it. And well, if I just put a timeline on it, then I'll be okay. Um, you know, if I, whatever, our little manipulative, manipulative tools that we attempt to use so that 
you know, we feel in control of the soil to go back to the metaphor, you know, we think, well, you know, let me, let me do all these things to it, or let me make sure I put it in a garden so that I know exactly where it is, et cetera, et cetera, rather than sitting with it. And I think that's, for me, important to remind others that when we begin to sit in that, when we clear out the room, to your point, it might feel really uncomfortable at first. And I invite everyone, it you know, may or may not, for me, it's, it did. And I'm thinking, I invite those who try it to not be discouraged, to not go, well, why is this so uncomfortable? Why am I not experiencing peace? <laughs> why am I not feeling serene? Mm. And I think that comes um, because it is a, we're having to, we're, we're really having to, I love that idea of the room, you know, we're having to kind of pull that crap out and that might actually feel uncomfortable. You know, it's going to, it's not going to feel natural at first to do that. Um, and so I, I really invite everyone to say, if I want to sit in the empty presence, it means I have to learn to be okay with the uncertainty, which means I have to be okay with the discomfort that comes from that at least at first. And then, you know, it might pop up here and there and everywhere. At least it does for me. So that's the other thing that's coming up for me. I love that. And I think it's so interesting how sometimes we become pretty entitled. It's like we think, oh, but I, I practice so much meditation or I feel like I'm such so advanced as a soul. Um, I should only experience bliss. You know, it's <laughs> like I didn't sign up for this. This sucks. But the truth is we don't experience this lasting state of serenity until we see that every phase of the upward spiral is needed. Everything yeah. is perfect. If you now take a piece of paper and you draw an upward spiral, and you can do this right now if you want, just so that you know what I mean, um, you see that with every new coil, the coil goes down and up. And every time it goes up right after, it levels out, and then it goes down and up. Mm. And the same pattern shows in nature. It shows in our hormonal cycles. It shows in our creative cycles. There's always this phase of going down, of questioning, of not being sure. And then there's always this phase of leveling out of, I don't know what's coming next. Is there a new coil coming? I'm not sure because right now I don't really see anything. And then there's always also this phase of harvesting, of being, you know, in the upward movement. And one thing isn't better than another. It's just that the entire process is the upward spiral. Every single mm. coil gets us to a new level. And it's... It's so liberating when we can appreciate and really embrace every single phase. And I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I'm really excited sometimes about phases of contraction in my life because then I can know that the coil is going down and right after it's going to go up. And I'm thinking, cool, a new coil is starting. And so there's always something to celebrate. And it's so important if I didn't have that phase of contraction, that phase of questioning, of not being sure, feeling insecure about my work and myself and whatever I'm creating right now. If I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have like the good ideas. And yeah, just, I really just want to want us all to celebrate that. It's such good stuff. Oh my gosh, Hannah, that was, that was it. This is, um, 
Amazingly, I have never heard or tried this idea of the upward spiral. I've heard of it. And what was so powerful is that you asked us to draw it out. And I did just now. And it, it had a whole new meaning to me. And a whole new, I mean, I've thought of, I've known about the corkscrew metaphor and the spiral. This is it. There absolutely is. You cannot make that spiral unless you go down. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. so powerful. And then at the very end, as, I, as you were closing that um, idea, I thought, you know, and this is interesting going back to what you said very much at the beginning, because I'm thinking, well, we've already, we've already succeeded. Or we, or we're already the seed that will turn into the tree. So, I mean, gosh, why, then how are we even preventing this spiral from happening? You know, why do we need to even be aware or conscious of it? And the idea, the image that just came to mind for me, um, whether or not it's true, but I think it might be fun and potentially useful, is like a slinky. And so if you imagine you've got your slinky, and if that becomes your upward spiral, you, you expand it, you bring it out. And as you bring it out, it's creating this upward spiral for you that we just showed and drew. But if we, to your point, get in the way, and if we resist the expansion of our lives, of our souls, we keep that slinky smushed. It stays closed. And at that point, there is no upward. There is no growth. And it's so it's not, I mean, it's still a slinky. And as soon as we breathe into it, and as soon as we say, yes, I am willing to be expanded, boom, it's already there, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, there is this act and I'm, I'm, this is all coming through me. So I, I know that this is something else talking. There's this idea of we breathe, we allow the breath to be inspired into us, right? We are inspired. We are in spirit. We allow it to expand. And as soon as it does, we are now fully succeeded as a slinky in our lives. And, and we experience these downward and plateaus as we progress upward. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah. And also then returning to the truth that there's this organizing principle, we can't fuck up the divine process anyway. Right. Our suffering <laughs> happens when we are ignorant of that truth, when we are not as humble as would be healthy for us to be. It's just, we yeah. just make it harder for ourselves because even if, you know, we we don't allow the upward spiral to be expanded and spacious, the upward spiral is still happening because those laws are beyond us. And even sometimes when I feel like I'm in such a funk, I think to myself, well, you can't fuck it up anyway. You know? Totally. Yeah. The the slinky is still going to, it just might, it just feels, it just feels (laughs) more constricted and maybe a lot more uncomfortable, right? Because we're, we're in resistance and we're using the suffering. I couldn't agree more. Oh, as I knew, um, and I don't mean that in the egotistical way I knew, like I deep down knew with a capital K that this would be an inspiring (laughs) conversation. It absolutely was. And, um, and before we let you go, I do want to ask a few more questions. So I'll just pause because sometimes those last moments of inspiration come at the very end. Is there anything else you, you would have to say about what we've talked about? Or do you feel complete? Mm, Yeah, I feel complete. I'm just very grateful. Mm -hmm, Me too. Well, then let's wrap it up with some of the questions I ask of each of our guests. The first one being, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? A source of inspiration is my spiritual teacher, John Randolph Price. I inhale his books. He's not alive anymore. 
but he is he is he was so advanced as a soul that he was really an open channel and sometimes when you read his books you 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 notice when he goes back into humanness but most of it is really just pure consciousness download and his books have really changed my life because they are so pure and so unfiltered in most um sections that it's really really incredible so John Randolph Price is by far the coolest person I have ever, you know, met through books or, yeah, his work. Amazing. Well, I'm going to skip over quickly to the next question that has been a favorite book that has inspired <laughs> you. Uh, maybe it's one of his, maybe it's another, but let's ask that since you just talked about books. Yeah, The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. My favorite mm-hmm. book of all times. It's about a little boy and his parents are be were be, were murdered and he he got adopted by a bunch of ghosts on a graveyard and it's an incredible book. It's the best book ever written. I love that. It's fiction? Yes. Fantastic. Thank you for offering something not completely um, typical for that answer, uh, for that question. So what place or activity most inspires you right now? Right now? I went to a bar yesterday that was so cool and manly just to have tea. So for me, I just like to, I just like to get into situations and just be there and do something typically Hannah. Like go out and party and have ginger tea. That was, I man, I had so much fun yesterday. I really want to hang out with you more. Uh, I'm coming <laughs> to Amsterdam or wherever you are or, you know, end up at some <laughs> point. Um, what are you currently working on or creating that is most inspiring to you? I'm in a state of emptiness right now. Mm. The spark isn't here yet. Beautiful. I love that. I can't wait to then know what that spark is when it arrives. And so for those who are now inspired to reach out to you, um, uh, where can they get in touch? Where can they find you? I know that you do have a um, free gift for those who come to your website at hannahbeer.com. And I'll make sure that's linked to. Is there any other place they can come to to find you? Uh, yeah, you can also just email me directly if any of the listeners feel inspired to shoot me a message. I'm, I'm okay. I really try and respond in a timely manner. So I would just love to hear from you. Um, and my email address is Hannah at freespirited.co. And you can also just contact me through my website. Awesome. Great. And I'll make sure those links are there. And in case someone's going to just go straight to their email, it's Hannah, H-A-N-N-A, at freespirited.co. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, this has been, um, this has been a true gift to me. I believe it has been a true gift to each person listening, knowing that they got exactly what they um, were meant to receive from our time together. And I, I am grateful and blessed that I get this once a week with you. So um, it is just such a, such a pleasure. And I'm, I really thank you for bringing your wisdom, your gifts, your presence. It is palpable. And um, I know I have a lot to learn from you. 
So thank you for that. Oh, I love you, Amanda. Thank you so much. I really had a blast today. Thank you. Same. All right. Love you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And please join us again. I have a number of guests coming up in the coming weeks and months that I am super excited to introduce you to. So we'll hear you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Pieces of the brokenness inside